Despite the wholesome nature of the subject matter, Disney Bros. A Whole New World does contain adult language and subject matter. Consider yourself warned. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode two of Disney Bros. A Whole New World. It is a podcast hosted by myself, and my name is Jason Ryan. And then the fellow to my right is... Colin Teal. I am to his right. He's not lying to you. He could be. But he's not. No, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> we don't fuck around here on Disney Bros. Um, Straight laced. So welcome to the show. This is episode two. The long-awaited episode two. Long time no talk to. Yeah, we. I know we said we were going to do it weekly before, but you know, we had some stuff come up. We're guys. We do stuff. We have we have hectic lives, so. Not like those girls who don't do shit. Well, I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, sorry for a little bit of a delay, but we'll try to be a little more regular with it from here on out. Um, so episode two... We watched uh, Pinocchio, the second film in the Disney animated classics canon, mm-hmm. as it were. And uh, we're still deciding whether or not we're actually going to do this show in order from here on out. We've done it so far in order. If you have any thoughts on the matter, if you're actually listening to this out there, you can email us at wholenewworldpodcast at gmail.com and throw in your two cents. Should we go with the, uh, what's the third Disney movie? Uh, the third one's Bambi, I believe. Yeah, sounds right. So should we go with Bambi next, or should we, you know, break break free of the shackle of numerical chronological order and <laughs> yeah. do our own thing? We had yeah, we had a little bit of I wouldn't call I'd, I'd stop well short of calling it a controversy, but suffice it to say that there was some some discussion about whether we should mix it up with something a little less methodical, a little less predictable, or just go in order and uh, yeah. And so we're so decided. We'll we decided to go ahead and go in order so far, um, but we reserve the right to, to change it and mix it up if we wish. Yeah, so, you know, you'll see what next week has in store. If it's Bambi, then you know uh, Colin won the argument. If it's something else, then you know I won. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> if, it's, if it's Bambi, you know I'm an idiot, because next week would be Fantasia. So. Uh-oh. Fantasia yeah. is the third film. All right, well, yeah, so the third film, whatever, whatever it may be. <laughs> All right, so let's just uh, jump into... The film we watched here, which is Pinocchio. Um, Pinocchio. And so, if you if this is the first episode you're listening to, if you're starting with the newest episode and working your way backwards, let me uh, let you know what we usually start to try to do with these discussions is go into the history, background of the production. Just give us a little bit of a jumping off point in terms of uh, you know where this movie came from and the sort of the behind the scenes. So, um, as always, the man with the info there is Mr. Teal. So... Break hey, us hey. off. Yeah, we're, so we'll jump right into the uh, the history here. Um, Pinocchio, as mentioned, was the second film in the canon. Uh, it was originally intended to be the third film. They were going to do Bambi as the second film. But for some reason, they had trouble adapting the script for Bambi. I don't know why it would be that hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's based off a of sh- saucer. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, Bambi's a real mind bender. So <laughs> they had to take a minute and, you know, mix up the plot line. Yeah. Um... So anyway, Pinocchio got, got moved up as a result, and Bambi wound up being the fifth movie. Um, so they apparently they really struggled with that one. Um, and uh, the production began in 37 while Snow White was still in production. Uh, and if you listened last week, you know that Snow White really broke down a lot of the, the walls for Disney to give them sort of carte blanche to do whatever they wanted, because it, it opened really successfully. Um, and made movies like Pinocchio and everything that followed totally possible. So it was sort of surprising to me to find out that they were already going uh, into production on Pinocchio when Bambi was still in production. They hadn't had the big success yet. So I guess they thought it would do well. They they thought well enough of it that it was going to pave the way. Um, they released Pinocchio in 1940 and uh, based it, it's a, the script is based on The Adventures of Pinocchio by Carlo Collati. Um, or as I called him last night, cannoli. Yeah, Carlo Cannoli, because you know cannoli. he's Italian, so when we jump right to some Italian word we know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know the word cannoli. Yay! <laughs> he's probably a pastry. A bun the the Oh Lord! Got a regular stromboli on our hands. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, the, the story was originally published in the late eighteen uh, hundreds um, in Italy at first, of course. Uh, it was originally a cereal, and um, the was fact it delicious. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> I don't know. See what I did there? I see. <laughs> oh, oh golly! Um, <laughs> but the fact that it was a cereal sort of explains the episodic nature of the movie, which we'll get into a little later. Um, 
And it, it chronicled the mischievous Pinocchio and all the mistakes he made and the lessons he learned along the way. Um, and since it's like an old school fairy tale in the vein of like a Grimm's, uh, a Grimm's fairy tale, it's got some pretty nasty stuff. Like some really, some really crazy stuff happens. Um, Shit goes buck wild, y'all. Yeah, what he said. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that again explains like we were watching this movie and feeling a little like confused at how wacky this story was. Like it goes it's all real over wackadoodle. the place. It's yeah. it's a little too wackadoodle for my taste. Well, well, we'll get into we'll the, save that. We'll for, get into the specifics times and what's not. Let's finish up this history lesson. Teach. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Sit down. Go fucking clean my erasers. Um, <laughs> Wait, did you did you ever have to do that when you were in school? No, nah, I didn't. I think we all had whiteboards by then. Yeah. Did you have chalkboards? Uh, when I was a young young kid, there yeah. was chalkboards still, but it it got into whiteboards in middle school for me. Did you ever f up and have to go clean the erasers outside? No. Oh. Good for you. Were you a good student? No. All right. I was never there to have to do that. I was I was constantly absent. Nice way to go. Yeah, playing hooky, just like <laughs> Pinocchio. Uh, yes. Bringing it back. Whoa. Oh, look what right I did. Right back into things. Uh, Pinocchio was successful in the United States, but it was released during World War II, so it did uh, pretty poorly internationally. And it was, um, I guess, probably sort of surprising after Snow White did so well. Uh the budget on this thing was two point three million dollars, approximately, and it only recouped about one point four million. In the U.S. or abroad? Uh, the whole, the whole, the whole um, getting caboodle. Yeah, that's Uh-oh. all. That's all they brought back. Rot Road Disney. So it probably looked like a failure at first, but uh, the lifetime grosses on this sucker have exceeded eighty-four million. They're doing okay. Uh, well, nice. Yeah, job. I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and not feel bad for them. Yep, they're doing okay for themselves at the Disney Corporation. Yeah. Please don't sue us if you find this podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's become, over the years, really, really, really uh, well-received critically. Like, uh, people consider it the second best uh, animated feature of all time. It's in the National Film Registry. Uh, it was a huge breakthrough in effects animation. I think you probably noticed this in there, uh, the, the change from Snow White to this one. Like, all the details. Everything that isn't a character... Or a um, shoot, what was it? Uh, a character, or like the background of a scene, mm-hmm. like like the smoke rings, or the shadows, or the rain and the waves in the ocean, or whatever. That's all called effects animation, apparently. And effects animators do all of that stuff. Um, and this this movie like really broke down a lot of walls for that, and it's still considered one of the the benchmarks. Yeah, but it didn't break down any barriers in terms of letting ladies animate. No, it like, certainly yeah. didn't. Because in the credits, I noticed. <laughs> All dudes. Yeah. Every single animator, dude, man. I'm actually kind of, if we do do this chronologically, I think it'll be interesting to see it when a woman a lady actually animator. makes the credits at all. Even yeah. for any for anything. In the well, credits. other than voice acting, obviously. Oh, yeah, but of course. Yeah, no, I was, you know, I mean, it's not really a surprise, you know, like, I feel like yeah. the animation rooms were probably a lot of boys <laughs> clubs back then, and no, no matter where you went, not necessarily Disney, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see when that sort of change mm-hmm. takes place. Um, I'm going to dip into the cast just a little bit. If oh, you don't here mind. we go. Dip your toe in the cast pool. Okay. <laughs> That's what I'll do. Um, Pinocchio was voiced by Dickie Jones. Oh, Dickie. That's my boy Dickie. Um, and Dickie Jones, if you've ever seen Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, plays a, in a creatively named Paige, who is the page for uh, Mr. Smith. The page's name is Dick Jones. <laughs> Take out the icky. <laughs> They went out on a limb for that one. Uh-huh. Apparently he was easily confused. Um, oh and Jiminy Cricket, who wasn't even originally in the film, even though he's in the story, they rewrote it about halfway through um, and decided to make him the centerpiece. And he really is. He becomes the narrator. I, I want to talk about Jiminy Cricket in detail later because yeah. I have a few theories and, uh, you know, spoiler alert, he might be our brother's character of the thing. We'll, we'll see later. Maybe. Sure. Who knows? Yeah. So. There's, 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 there's room for debate. But yeah, I got, I got some some stuff to say about Jiminy when we get to get to that point. Um, word. Uh, Jiminy was voiced by Cliff Edwards. I looked that up after Jason asked if it was Don Knotts doing Jiminy's voice. It sounded real Don Knotts. It sounded real, but then thinking back on it, in 1940, Don Knotts wouldn't have probably sounded that Don Knotts-y yet. I think he probably <laughs> was still probably a, a, a younger man. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cliff Edwards is actually a famous ukulele player and singer. He had a big hit with Singing in the Rain, like after it was right after it was written. Hmm. Surprising little tidbit. Uh, the famous voice actor Mel Blanc, who did a lot of the Looney Tunes stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, you probably all have seen his name watching Saturday morning cartoons. Um, he was hired to voice Gideon the Cat, and they eventually made him mute. 
and cut everything but the hiccups that Blank did for the for the um, dialogue. Oh, and just to refresh your memory, in case it's been a while since you've seen Pinocchio, uh, Gideon the Cat's not the adorable little black cat. That's Figaro. Word. Gideon the Cat is this other sort of uh, mute man-child yeah, uh, second fiddle to the villain, quote-unquote, of the, of the story, which is this weird fox... Man hybrid thing. Much like Dopey in uh, in Snow White, I think Gideon's intellect could be in question. Um, yeah. it's not entirely sure exactly how how much he has there. Um, but yeah, he's he's another mute character. Maybe because Dopey was so popular, they decided to make him mute as well. Who knows? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I think this is the most interesting casting. Monster of the whale. The sounds made for the whale were made by this dude. Named Thurl Ravencroft. Wow. Excuse me, Ravenscroft. <laughs> Ravenscroft. Uh, and he has <laughs> he has a crazy number of credits to his name, but most notably he was Tony the Tiger in like 500 of the uh, Frosted Flakes commercials. Dang. And um, he sang You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. In, oh my. Uh, the Grinch. How the Grinch Stole Christmas, mm-hmm. or whatever that thing is called. Uncredited for the Dr. Seuss deal. But yeah, that's him. If you know that deep, cool voice, that's uh, that's your boy Thrill Ravenscroft. Whoa, Ravenscroft. That's what Sweet. I got for you. So that's the history on this joint? Yeah, there's some more, of course, but yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll dig into it a little later on. We'll throw some tidbits of history in it. Oh, sure. All right, well, for now, so um, I'll let you guys out in uh, radio land, or podcast land, as it were, digest all that information. We're going to throw in a tidbit from the film right now, a little bit of an uh, audio snippet, just to refresh your memory, because with all these movies... You know, it might be a while since you've seen it, you know, if, if you were a kid when you last saw these movies. So I'm going to dig through the little uh, archives and pull up a, a nice juicy sound bit Ooh, for you here to uh, reflect one. on. And then we'll come back uh, and, you know, jump into a little bit of a recap of the film and our thoughts on it and all that stuff you know and love. Uh, here in a second on Disney Bros. A whole new world. So you can talk. Y- yes, sir. I want to go home to my mama. Take him back. He can still talk. Please, please. I don't want to be a monkey. Let me out of here. Quiet. You boys have had your fun. Now pay for it. Boys? So that's what... Pinocchio! <laughs> Hear that beetle talk? You'd think something was going to happen to us. Conscience. Nah, fooey. Where does he get that stuff? How do you ever expect to be a real boy? What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> hey, you laugh like a donkey. <laughs> Did that come out of me? Oh. Huh? What the? What's going on? Oh! I've been double crossed. Help! Help! Somebody help! I've been framed! Help! Please! You gotta help me! Oh, be a pal! Call that beetle! Call anybody! Alright, welcome back to Disney Bros. A Whole New World. So, um, we're watching Pinocchio this week. You know that already, I don't know why you would skip like five minutes ahead <laughs> into a podcast without listening to the beginning, but anyway. Um, so, you know, to, re- to refresh your memory, let's, let's go, let's go, uh, you know, nutshell pl- plot if we can... Quick recap. Quick recap. So, I mean, everybody has probably seen Pinocchio out there, but basically, if it's been a while, there's some weirdness to this movie I sort of forgot mm-hmm. about, but... So it starts out innocuously enough with Geppetto, puppet maker, crazy whimsical toy guy with fucking shitload of crazy clocks and 
I had a, well, if you can't tell from the sort of indignation in my voice, I had a real <laughs> beef with Geppetto's whimsicalness. Typically, I'm not a very whimsical guy. I don't like weird little sort of puppety yeah. oddballery things. Jason doesn't trade in whimsy. I don't trade in whimsy. So, you know, I, automatically I was pre- predisposed to not care for Geppetto. But, you know, it is what it is. Anyway, so this this whimsical motherfucker, he's... Uh, <laughs> he, he's he doesn't min- care for him. I like, think <laughs> he told you that. <laughs> he's, he's mincing about uh, his little shack <laughs> in Italy. He's got this little puppet that he's, you know, putting the finishing touches on, adds the mouth. Looks real keeper before he adds the mouth, by the way. Oh, boy, howdy. Yeah. Like, he, he sits there and talks about it for a while. He's like, oh, what a beautiful little boy. He's like, except for the creepy non-mouth. This is yeah. really weirding me out. Puppets without mouth turns out are real creepy. Yeah. So, uh, paints a little mouth on the dude, uh, wishes on a wishes on a star mm-hmm. that uh, he come becomes real. Jiminy Cricket sort of pops in through the windowsill and during this process, takes it all in. He's a, a drifter, if you will. He's got... A little hobo satchel and, you know, his little, you know, holy hat with patches. And, you know, he's, he's a real drifter type, this Jiminy. Uh, he, he strolls in, takes it all in, and he goes, whoa, you know, this is a odd scene we have in front yeah. of us, folks. Well, and Jiminy, like, uh, from the very beginning, the opening scene is Jiminy, like, standing there next to the book Pinocchio. Like, it's him and his whole get-up, his whole, like, suit and tie thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's obvious that when you jump into that next scene where he's in the uh, in, in the shack with um, with Geppetto and the cat and the fish, figure on Cleo, um, that it's going back in time a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. he's it's when he's on harder times. And yeah. so the story is sort of framed by, uh, by Jiminy Cricket, you know, s- sitting there, and he, he, he gets there with the book, and he's telling us the whole story. Yeah. So... He's our, our in and out of the story, as yeah. it were. So anyway, uh, I, I'm elongating this process, but basically there's a uh, uh, a magic fairy who comes in who grants uh, Pinocchio life, basically turns him into a real boy, on the condition that he... what's I was a little fuzzy on the timeline as to when he actually becomes a real boy. There's not necessarily a timeline. It's just a matter of, she says, if you can, you know... Learn right from wrong. Yeah, yeah. If you can learn right from wrong and, you know, do right by your father, even though he's not his real father, um, which is a little weird. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) If you you can learn right from wrong, you know, you learn the right to be a real boy and Geppetto will have his wish granted. He'll have a son. Hooray Mm -hmm. for Geppetto. Hooray for Pinocchio, who I guess really wants to be a real boy as well. Um, Yeah, and that's the whole deal. Like, he... He has to go ahead and prove himself. He's probably going to have some trials ahead of him. We'll find out. Yeah. So then, cut to the trials. Uh, <laughs> he, you know, he's got Jiminy Cricket is bestowed, being his conscience, and so he strolls around. He's supposed to go to school. He gets uh, associated with some riffraff along the way who turn him into basically a life of you know playing hooky, and then he gets abducted and he goes to this crazy island where they turn kids into fucking donkeys. That's really bizarre. Yeah. There's it's. In true fairy tale fashion, it's stuff that is way off the wall, and yeah. you know these are crazy consequences that you can't imagine. Um, and 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 we'll get into the the last one later on too. Just this weird stuff that's not humanly possible, but it's supposed to teach you a lesson. Yeah. Like this is you behave this way, and if you don't, you become a donkey. You behave this way, if you don't, you become the uh, the puppet. Slave of Stromboli, the fat, gregarious Italian. Yeah, who's literally named Stromboli. True story. Um, yeah, so then he ends up, you know, of course, getting abducted, going to this uh, donkey kids island where they start turning troubled youths into uh, donkeys, inexplicably enough. To sell them off to the, the salt mines and the circus yeah. and whatnot. That's, that's fucking weird. And uh, this, is all, this is all in the book, too. Like, this is all based the, the on real things. Thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Um, and then so, what happens then? And then so, Pinocchio starts to turn into a donkey. He gets a little tail sprouting out. He gets uh, a couple of ears popping out. And then Jiminy rescues him. He mm. comes in and he says, you're going to turn into a donkey. Get the fuck out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, man. That was some of the best writing in the whole movie. <laughs> Get the fuck out, Pinocchio. Come on, bro. <laughs> uh, and then he he pulls him out. Uh, he, they go back home. You think the coast is clear. You're thinking, well, this movie's pretty short. All right. <laughs> nice. They wrap things up tidy, tidily. No, Geppetto's gone. Geppetto went to go look for Pinocchio in the midst of all this habdashery. 
Uh, that's not the right word to use, but I feel like I feel like using it. In the midst of this hat shop. <laughs> um, and then so Pinocchio discover Pinocchio and Jiminy discover Geppetto's gone. They discover what happened to him as he got eaten by a whale. Hello, Bible story reference. Jonah and the whale, let everybody. But uh, so Geppetto turns out is chilling in the stomach of this whale called Monstro. They go to the ocean uh, and through some sort of trickery with making the whale sneeze, they escape. Boom, everybody uh, ends up on a shore. Everything, they get back home. They think Pinocchio's dead. Turns out, nope. Fairy, blue fairy shows up, boom, grants him his wish, he learned his lesson, turns him into a boy, happily ever after. Boom. End credits, right? Yeah, that's, that's basically it. And it seems like the reason that Pinocchio finally gets the wish granted is because he has finally overcome his selfishness, he's not pursuing the dream of being an actor that Stromboli pr- promised him, he's not pursuing the hedonistic pleasure island, uh, he's decided, like, now I, I, these people who I care about, this Geppetto, my pseudo-father... Uh, his fish and his cat, they're all trapped in a whale. I gotta yeah. go save him. He goes to great lengths. He sacrifices himself, puts himself on the line to get him out of harm's way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when he's dead, although God knows how a piece of wood can suffocate and inhale water. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when <Well>, he's <laughs> yeah. The scientific properties of what Pinocchio is, I mean, granted, it's a children's fairy tale. We, grant, we realize that. But he's turned into, I mean, so he goes from being completely inanimate object puppet into being like a sort of a half boy, half puppet. But what, it doesn't really explain like what the physiology of that is. I mean, is he breathing? Yeah. Is he still made of wood? That's the thing. I mean, I guess we can't really expect. It's stupid for us to like sit here and like be like, where's the logic in this Disney film? I mean, tying it back to sort of the theme of the show, if this is your first episode listening to it. What we're doing here, it's like we're we're broish dudes. We look at things from kind of a broish logical standpoint, and you know Disney movies are fairly whimsical and you know wackadoodle. Yeah. So I mean that's that's our perspective. We're trying to make sense of these movies and look at them from sort of a cinematic, you know. Right. And wha- wackadoodle, for the record, is bro jargon. If you don't get it, look it up. <laughs> um. It's tech. It's technical bro jargon. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's it's we're when we were kids we probably watched this movie and thought nothing of it. We probably saw Pinocchio crying and were sad about it. We didn't sit there and go, "What the fuck? You don't you're a fucking puppet. You don't have tear ducts, Pinocchio. <laughs> yeah. Stop crying." Why do you have tear ducts? You're a puppet. But uh <laughs> anyway. Um so that's I mean, if it seems like I glossed over the plot too much and I didn't get into details, I'm sorry. It's 88 minutes long this movie. You should probably just watch it, you know, rent it from your local video store. If you live in the Seattle area, I recommend Scarecrow Video. They don't sponsor this podcast, but, you know, but you should good, check them out. They're good people. Yes. They provide us with free uh, movies every week when we watch these, so that's that's good enough. Support them. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, it sounds like he's glossing over the plot, but it is, like I said, I was talking about how uh, Kaladi's original story was extremely episodic. Or cannoli, if you will. Cannoli, excuse me, I mispronounced that. Um, the, the story is extremely episodic, and so the movie is equally episodic. You know, the setup is Geppetto carves a puppet. He wishes for it to be a real boy. Pinocchio gets the chance to become a real boy. And from there, we have these three uh, scenarios which set themselves up. He's abducted and put into ser- uh, Geppetto's service and part of his act. He is once again, sort of willfully abducted and goes to Pleasure Island, he finds out he's going to be turned into a donkey. He goes back and he finally seems to have learned a lesson. He has one less, one less scenario to go through. And so yeah. there's this overarching idea of he needs to learn how to get his shit together and be a grown-up and, well, not a grown-up, but be responsible and show that he cares for his father. Um, mm-hmm. And he finally gets a chance to do it, but it's over these little episodes. Yeah. It's not one, like, continuous story. Yeah, really. it sort of structurally feels like sort of three... Yeah. TV shows or something strung together with, mm-hmm. like, some interstitial connective tissue. But, anyway, um, so let's go from ge- the general sort of over- overview of this movie into sort of some su- 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 bleh, some specifics. Hello, words. Hey, words. Uh, and, uh, you know, <laughs> so, some, ge- some thoughts on, on more of the, uh, the, deep, the deep tissue in this film. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to throw this out there. I'm going to start out high, start out with a big punch. <laughs> I have a theory that I think the character of Jiminy Cricket isn't real. I'm going to go as far as to say 
it's sort of Pinocchio's inner... I mean, obviously, it's explicitly his conscience, they say as much in the movie. But if you think about it, it's kind of this sort of Tyler Durden fight club sort of thing where no other character, other than the not necessarily real magic fairy, ever sees or interacts with Jiminy, Mm -hmm. other than Pinocchio. And there's even a scene where Jiminy Cricket is trying to stop Pinocchio from getting um, taken in by Stromboli, the... uh, the acting uh, puppet show guy, Wrangler. And uh, he's like, oh, Pinocchio, stop. And uh, there's this fight that sort of takes place between these two, the the mute man-child man and uh, his foxy man weird hybrid. I don't know what the fuck that was. Honest John. Honest John. Honest John, yeah, he's yeah. just a fox. He's an anthropomorphic fox. That was bizarre, though, because everybody else in the movie is a person. And like he's the only sort of... Anthropomorphic yeah. animal man thing. Yeah, there's just those two. It's bizarre. It's a bizarre thing. Leave it to Disney. Anyway, but uh, they don't really ever see Jiminy. Like there's a, there's a big to do made about how he's hiding on his hat, and uh, he you know the other guy hits him with the mallet, and it's like very comical, broad Three Stooges territory. But they still never really see him. Geppetto never meets him or sees him. I would go it's ahead odd. and say I think that uh, Gideon, Honest John's little sidekick, does see him, and that's why he hits him on the head. Um, that said, it doesn't necessarily, uh, totally debunk your, your idea that he is like sort of an imaginary friend character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I could sort of see that. I think, I mean, in the context of this story, everything's so crazy as it is, I go ahead and believe that he's real. Um, but definitely there's the possibility that he's just like, yeah, he is his conscience and consciences, consciences are implicitly not, you know, materially manifest as a real thing in the Mm -hmm. world and so i could definitely get behind that i personally think that he's real i think he's a real thing um and why wouldn't you know in a movie like this why wouldn't a cricket be able to talk to a little puppet boy yeah um it's just odd that there's sort of no other instances (coughs) of jiminy interacting with anybody that's quote-unquote real i mean it's odd that like there's never a scene where Pinocchio's like, hey, Pops, this is my new bro, Jiminy. Like, there's sort of this weird <laughs> yeah. sort of smoke and mirrors act with Jiminy sort of never really being that out in the open for other people to see. So that kind of made me start to question the sort of... I mean, I, I think that's pretty heady, heady tor- territory for a kid's movie, especially in the mm. 40s. But, you know, maybe read between the lines, there might be a little bit of, you know, Jiminy is in every person sort of thing. Yeah. And it's not supposed to necessarily be... Ah, uh, here's this, uh, you know, anthropomorphic uh, cricket man, and, you know, obviously there's a cute factor, and, like, he's got some one-liners, and he's sort of, like, the comedic uh, crutch of the movie. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think in my in my heart, in my soul, I believe <laughs> Jiminy <laughs> is a fabric of uh, Pinocchio's imagination. Yeah, no, I can definitely see that as well. Um, again, I think that he's real, but, but I... I can see how the movie starts out with him being sort of our uh, fly on the wall or cricket on the wall <laughs> <laughs> narrator character, mm-hmm. and he's sort of inserted into the story when he like takes it upon himself to float down and talk to uh, to talk to Pinocchio about what it means to you know have a conscience and do mm-hmm. the right thing when the blue fairy first comes into the character uh, uh, into the story. And so, bringing up the blue fairy, <clears throat> let's talk about that. Ooh-wee. Um, so, if you listened to last week's show, and you should, um, you know that we talked about, uh, the, the sort of Disney princess hot factor, which last week was, uh, directly talking about Snow White and her attractiveness level. Correct. And then, um, we had one, uh, female listener point out to us that apparently it's a quantified thing that the age of all Disney princesses is 16. Yeah. And that made us feel real creepy. Um, at least me. Me, yeah, me too. I'll go ahead and say that, uh, I'll go ahead and name check her, um, my coworker Jenny, she listened to the podcast, and she apparently has this sort of information locked into her brain forever. It's been stated somewhere that all the Disney princesses, with the exception of, uh, the princess Entangled, hmm. um, Rapunzel Entangled is apparently, like, she says at one point in the movie that she's 18 years old. Hmm. There you go. Everybody else I like is 16. like the sounds of that. <laughs> hey, now we're cooking with gas. Come on, yeah. Rapunzel. You're in your giant eyes. Um... <laughs> Yeah, we kind of need to go ahead and address, we need to rethink whether or not we can go uh, say 
this princess is hot, this princess is hotter. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a... 16's young. Yeah, and I, I also had somebody else say to me that uh, it's mildly creepy for us to sort of <laughs> talk about the attractiveness of cartoon characters, but, you know, we're not really, like, getting that wound up about it. It's not like we're like, oh, boy, what I would do to, you know, Rapunzel. Speak, like, it's not... Speak for yourself. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's a matter of speaking. How attractive is the uh, model that they probably based... Uh, Right. These characters on, yeah, you know? yeah. Some of these the I body mean, type, the hair color, you know. There's some are cuter than others. Some are cuter than others, and we're allowed to sort of, you know, make those <clears> distinctions. <throat> and it's not, you know, let's just leave it at that. I personally think we should keep doing it. Let's do. I it. mean, it's it's a like you said, it's a cartoon cartoon character. Um, yeah, the cartoon character in the story is sixteen. There's some good looking. Okay. Um, this. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we should. Just, I, I think we can keep this in and not be totally creepy. It's yeah. not like we're gonna try to pick any of these fake people up. Yeah, exactly. Um, so speaking, so this time around, there's no, there's no princess. Obviously, it's mostly a bro, a broy uh, uh, centric story yeah, in terms he- of heavy men's. on the male characters. Heavy on the male characters, but there is a, a female character in the uh, blue fairy, who's the one that floats down from the sky and uh, grants. Pinocchio, the, the the gift of being a real boy. She, she ostensibly she, comes from the star upon which Geppetto wishes. Yeah. And she's pretty fun. She is. I It was surprising. Yeah. I didn't remember her being that good looking. Mm-hmm. Um, man, yeah, she is. She's definitely not 16, so we don't, no, no beef there with us, yeah. you know, ranking uh, the beauty of an animated character. Probably as a blue fairy, she's eternal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and more than that, she looks older than 16, she acts older than 16. She's more of a mother figure. Oh, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> and, and in the original story, I think, like, Pinocchio thought of the Blue Fairy as his mother, where Geppetto was his father. Um, She's a total filth, bro. Fairy I'd like to fuck, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, she, no, she's genuinely good looking. I remember when she, like, floated into the room, we were both like, hello, alright, no princess, but that's okay, because this Blue yeah. Fairy is really doing it. That's how sad we are. So, uh, yeah, so this... I'm fine with it. <laughs> this time around, no princess hot factor, <laughs> but there is a hot factor in the Blue Fairy. And and let's say the Blue Fairy, she kicks the shit out of Snow White. Snow White, no oh, offense, yeah. but the Blue Fairy is way out of your league. Yeah, she she's head and shoulders a lot better. Yes. She's taller as well. <laughs> yeah. um, so we got that sort of recurring uh, segment out of the way, and now let's jump into <laughs> another one, which is the the most broy character, or the most relatable character... If you know, if you're a dude watching from this movie. a male perspective, you're sitting down watching this movie. Which character is the one who you can, you know, sort of be like, okay, I can understand yeah. where this guy's coming. You could from. lock into and say, oh, this is my journey through this movie. Yeah, and he's sort of, you know, our surrogate, and that's going to be for me, Jiminy Cricket, obviously. Same here. Yeah. Um, and and I kind of would feel honestly feel a little bit bad for a girl watching this movie. Because they don't really have anyone to relate to on a gender level. Yeah, it's definitely a boys a boys movie. Yeah, it is. It is. Mm-hmm. I, and I kind of wonder if they weren't thinking after um, Snow White, sort of definitely going toward more toward the feminine. Uh, if they were thinking, hey, let's make one for the dudes now. This mm-hmm. one's gonna have you know, he's gonna go to this crazy island where they smoke cigars and play pool and uh, just act like total total jerks, like destroying stuff and mm-hmm. you know really manning it up and going way overboard. And it's going to be almost all guys in this movie, where they're yeah. just hanging out, doing guy things, so. Yeah. <clears throat> the only, literally, I think, beside the Blue Fairy, the only female character in the movie is Cleo the Fish. Oh, yeah. And I think I actually noted in my notes that when Cleo made her debut, she was the hottest character in the movie so wow. far. That was, that was sad, man. Yeah, well, I'm a little sad. You're on your own there. But no, um, <laughs> back to Jiminy specifically, though, like, he, you know, he's a wise talk, you know, he's like a wise talking sort of... Uh, and he he's always checking out the ladies. He's always yeah. making a snide comment. Uh, he puts his hand on the ass of like a statue on yeah, a little like, shelf. porcelain doll. He just accidentally he's like, you know, ah, gets hello, a little miss. fresh. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's always like kind of making eyes at you know puppets, female sexy puppets, which is creepy. But but he's know. a dude. Like he, he's I mean, dude. he sees he sees a girl he he thinks is yeah. cute. And oh, and I mean, for a good example, the blue fairy comes down mm-hmm. and she. Asks if uh, Jiminy will be his conscience. It's not necessarily explicit that he wants to be playing that role. Or mm-hmm. that he's ready for it. But he looks at the blue fairy, he blushes, and he's like, fuck, I'll do anything for this girl exactly. right now. And, and he's like head over heels for it. Yeah. So. Which, you know, we could all relate to Absolutely. on some level in, yeah. in our bro lives. Doing <laughs> melting for a girl just because she's attractive. So. Yep. 
Um, all right, so that's that's your bro character for this one. And then uh, another thing we like to do here, week in and week out, is sort of uh, touch on some nice broy food pairings <clears throat> that you could you could watch with the movie. Say you're having a date, you know, you're bringing a girl over to your place, and you want to make her a nice dinner, or you want to have sort of a themed, you know, cutesy little, oh, we're going to, you know, watch Pinocchio, and I'm going to make you some dinner. What's what's What are some options for that? And, I mean, obviously, the the obvious starting off point is Italian food with mm, this one. Absolutely. Set in Italy, Pinocchio, Geppetto, Stromboli. Um, Stromboli, stromboli, for Christ's sake. There you go. You know, make a Stromboli if you can. Make a Stromboli. It's a little hard to make it from scratch, so if you don't have those um, great of culinary skills, you know, just some nice pasta, I would yeah, think. sure. A nice Italian meal, you know, consult your recipe books. At the very least, make a pizza. Yeah. Most of the pizzas we have here, I guess, aren't that Italian. They're yeah. more like American-style pizzas, but it's going to feel Italian. Yeah. And I was thinking, you know, um, obvious pun aside, making a nice gnocchi. Hey. Pinocchio. Oh, you know what I mean? oh my yeah. god. See? Put some pine nuts in there. Yeah, that's a cute fucking I mean if you <laughs> if you bring in a new oh, date boy. over to your house and you're like, Oh, I made some gnocchi, like Pinocchio get it. That girl <laughs> she's gonna think you're a little bit of a dork, but she's also gonna be like, That's sweet. That's, that's cute. cute. He's fucking thoughtful. Yeah. yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah, so make some gnocchi or or some stromboli if you have it in you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and okay. So speaking of Stromboli, while we're on the subject, there there is a character named Stromboli. <laughs> oh, He's this sort of big, fat, roly poly guy. He owns this sort of traveling um, puppet show, and uh, he, one of the first temptations Pinocchio has is sort of joining his caravan and becoming like a an actor, as he puts it, and sort of going from town to town and playing his wares and le- leading that lifestyle. Um, but let's talk about how ridiculously over-stereotyped Stromboli is. He's this nutso, like, ostensibly all of the characters in this movie are Italian. Who, the ones who live in the village, anyway. Stromboli is like the uber-Italian. He's ultra-Italian. He's like, He gives these crazy flip-outs that are fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's ridiculous. He literally says nothing. He's just like, I'm gonna pull it He's fucking fat as shit. He's got this big black mustache and he's constantly, he gets a little like fire in his belly and he's Yeah, like no exaggeration. That's how over the top and ridiculous. That was a direct quote. That's a direct quote. But yeah, I'll tell you, I mean, Stromboli doesn't stay in the movie too long because again, it's episodic. You're into one and then you're out of it and you're on to the next one. The times that he's in it and he's having his little flip outs, that was like some of my biggest laughs for sure. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Um, and so speaking of, uh, I mean, the Italian, Italian thing going, um, you know, when you first start this movie, you think, oh, Geppetto, Geppetto's a pretty Italian guy. His name is Geppetto. He names his puppet boy Pinocchio. His cat's name Figaro. Um, but then, you know, obviously then you, you meet Stromboli and you go, whoa, he's not even near anywhere that stereotypical. Well, this is Italy. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> speaking of, of Geppetto, I wanted to talk about sort of my thoughts on him because, at the, at the top of the show, I sort of touched on how he was a little whim, too whimsical for my taste. But beyond just sort of my personal view of, like, wacky <laughs> clocks and, you know, ornate little gobbledygooks on a shelf, uh, he's a little creepy. Like, I honestly, I, I think I remember thinking this when I was a kid. What's Geppetto's deal? Like, he, I honestly, one of my notes I had writing, I, I wrote down while watching this, I wrote Geppetto, dot, 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 serial killer, question <laughs> mark. Because, like, he has some weird motivations, and, like, uh, why doesn't he have a real kid? I mean, what what happened to his first wife? Do dot, you, dot, dot. Do you think he had a wife? No, but <laughs> it's, just, he, it's just a weird character to yeah. not really get into the backstory of. It really kind of makes you question why, like, what his motivation is. Like, why does he have this sad... Lonely lifestyle, which is the cat and a fish and puppets. I mean, he doesn't have any apparent friends. He has like a shitload of clocks on the wall. Yeah, serial Um, killer territory. Serial killer type clocks. Yeah, like just a shitload of clocks and all these like noise makers, and it's just it's it's weird, man. It is strange, and and there's a sequence in the movie when all the clocks go off at once, and it is terrifying. Yeah, it's like some fucking Silence of the Lambs shit. It really is, and if you (laughs) like, I can I can sort of see where you're going there. I mean, I think it also came up, like, what is, why does he want a, a boy child so badly? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I think saying that he's, like, some weird sociopathic pedophilic type person is taking a stretch, 
But he's yeah. definitely, I mean, by by today's standards, when everybody has their little social circle, at least, like a couple of friends, this guy living by himself in in this Italian village with just his cat and his fish and his clocks and his puppets and all this, like, creepy, like, I mean... Yeah. It's, it, if if you knew this dude in real life, in the, in the cartoon it works fine. If this is a real person in the world... I don't even know if I go that far. I don't I, know if it works fine. To me, I can be like, okay, he's a character. It's mm-hmm. a setup. If this person existed in the real world and he was this guy in your neighborhood who had all these, like, strange cuckoo toys clocks. and cuckoo clocks, yeah. you'd be like, oh, boy, don't go by old man Geppetto's house. <laughs> <laughs> He's a little bit of a weirdo. Yeah, Tommy, uh, let's stay on the side of the street, son. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, I just yeah. did I mean, it was kind of, honestly, it was hard for me to sort of engage with, the, <laughs> with this movie based on, like, just sort of the oddness of Geppetto. Like, I mean, I know it's a kid's movie and I'm looking at it from, like, an adult, dude's perspective, you know, from the year 2011, where, you know, To Catch a Predator, he's on TV, and, <laughs> you know, we sort of have this view of old, mustachioed men living by themselves <laughs> as being creepy, but it's just, it, it's just beyond the whole sort of boy puppet wish thing, like that aside, even before he gets into that territory, it's just kind of like, what's this guy doing, you know, like, the clocks and the weird, I mean, there's there was something else that kind of questioned my sanity. Uh, you know, question <laughs> my thought of his sanity. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, well, it's hard to like figure out like how is this guy getting along in life. Yeah, I mean, what is do people really have a need for these clocks in the small village? Yeah, I just it was I bizarre. About it. Anyway, enough harping on Geppetto. Um, so I mean, you were lose uh, last time we talked about sort of the the cutesy animal um factor sure. of Snow White. You yeah. were losing your shit over fucking figure real man. Figure out. I'll go ahead and Jason doesn't give a shit about this, so I'll take over for a second and talk mm-hmm. about figure out. This cat is fucking adorable. He has all these weird mannerisms. <laughs> all right, he has all these weird, like, cute cat type mannerisms. He's a little bit of a human, you know, he's a little more expressive than most cats. <laughs> take it easy, guy. He's giving me the dirtiest look right now because I'm like a cat character in a movie. Um, figure out is adorable. Cleo is fine, whatever. Figaro is this, like, dynamic little cat character. Uh, probably my favorite character in the whole movie. Pinocchio is too much of a mischievous little brat a little bit. I love Jiminy, but in terms of, like... Jiminy's my boy, dude. No, uh, me too, dude. But, in, I, I mean, as far as being a dynamic character and a really interesting... Uh, uh, someone who actually talks and has something to contribute to the movie, <laughs> Jiminy is far and away a more interesting character than uh, Figaro. But on a purely just uh, visual, like, sort of sight gag and uh, cuteness basis, Figaro's got him licked. All right, man. Well. What's wrong with me thinking of things cute? It's not, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, it's, that's your own journey because I have nothing to contribute. I mean. That's fine. I know, I wanted to give you the the springboard to go into (laughs) that because I know you were losing your shit over it. Again, like our our Snow White (laughs) talk with all the, you know, deers and shit in the woods. I just, I'm not, I like I'm saying, I'm not looking forward to Bambi. I don't really get the cute animated animals thing it's just like let me say this and we're about to jump to another bit here that this is going to be relevant to when you're watching a movie like this and you can perceive that this thing is super cute the girl next to you is thinking the same thing Mm -hmm. you're going to bond over this little cuteness of the cat well i don't know in my case the it wouldn't be a bond it would be me tolerating her ooing and aahing over it but i'm just saying if you if like me you're into that same thing it's like cool we're on the same page here this cat fucking rules that's what i would say to her this cat fucking rules all right so, going off of that uh, little doorway you opened there, um, another thing we like to talk about on these on these episodes is, uh, you know, what girl, ideally, would you invite over to uh, watch this with you? You know, like, what kind of girl is going to get the most out of this? And obviously, you know, we don't want to stereotype girls too much. Every girl's different. Every guy's different. But, you know, there's some common... Th- some common personality traits that you might be able to pick up on. Yeah. Um, and uh, one thing I was definitely thinking, somebody who's patient. Honestly, because uh, this movie, at least from my perspective, was a little bit hard to sort of stay stay into. Yeah, the the way it There's skips around, the way it goes. Again, I know I sound like a broken record here. The way it goes from one scenario to the next to the next, and doesn't really have that overarching storyline where you're following a certain mm-hmm. you know set of uh, series of events throughout. It it does. It sort of hits a speed bump. Like, the Stromboli thing, it seemed like... I, I remembered it even, like, going on as, like, Stromboli being this character throughout. He's in there for, like, 15 minutes, and then it's on yeah. to the next thing. And it's really... 
I think it loses a little steam. And frankly, I was surprised to find out that people um, really laud this as one of the greatest animated films of all time. I think the reason for that is like the great strides that were made between this and Snow White and the other animated films of the time mm-hmm. in terms of the detail of the, of, uh, the effects and the backgrounds yeah. and everything. It got a lot richer. It looks really good. It's a well-good-looking yeah. lo- animated movie. They, the they, this movie is filled with sight gags as well. Like When there's not that much story going on, there will be these interesting sight gags. And it, again, like all this animation mm-hmm. is really cool. It looks fun to watch it play out. Yeah. But if you're clinging to a story, it kind of loses you a yeah. little bit. Yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, don't invite any super, uh, you know, modern in the sense that, you know, they need a really quick, you know, fast-paced, boom, 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 bang, 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 yeah. like, modern Disney animated movie to, like, you know, get them through, through the thing. Because, yeah, you know, it's an old-fashioned sensibility. It's definitely, you know, <clears throat> it feels like it was made in 1940. So, somebody who's a little patient, maybe a, a more mm-hmm. thoughtful, you know... Mm-hmm. An older gal, possibly, you know. Yeah, maybe someone who appreciates just the visuals. If you know somebody who likes animation, who's a mature woman. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh. If you know somebody who's like into animation, who likes like interesting visuals, who doesn't necessarily need the story necessarily need the story to cling to, I mean that that might be a better fit. If it's somebody who like wants to see a beautiful fairy tale realized from beginning to finish and mm-hmm. needs something grabbing him the whole way to move yeah. him along, you might lose it. Not, you don't want a princess-y type. Definitely I mean, not. Because it's not, there's no princess to glom onto. It's not a very, um, it's not a very girl-friendly movie, honestly. Like, it's pretty, like we said before, it's kind of a boys' club sort of feel. I mean, there literally is a scene where Pinocchio and his, like, new bro friend are, like, playing pool and smoking cigars and destroying mm-hmm. an old house. Like, you know. So a girl that can appreciate that and sort of uh, yep. not go, hey, where's my princess? Is that it's it's fun to watch if you're into that kind of thing, uh, like if you can if if that sort of thing is amusing to you. But yeah, if you're looking for a princess story, yeah, skip that. Yeah, see you, ladies. Um, <laughs> do you did you have anything else to add to that? Did you have any other criteria for for the ladies? Is that sort of your your general consensus? Not so much. I think it pretty you can pretty much sum it up by saying that it's a very bro center bro centric. It's a male driven story. Yeah. So well, so let's go from. I mean, so we're kind of touching on it already. But another thing we also like <laughs> to do week in and week out is just sort of give the overall. Um, is it is it bro friendly or not? Is it going to be able to hold an interest of a typical, uh, you know, youngish dude, mm-hmm. youngish bro, if you will. I would definitely say yes. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of, of broiness in this movie. There's a lot of uh, of uh, dude, you know, characters. Yeah. But one thing I'll say um, against the sort of bro factor for this, it's it's pretty whimsical, and like I don't necessarily associate whimsy with bro time. Sure, know? yeah, and I that think... might be one factor that doesn't really work in its favor in that sense. Absolutely, I think I think once if you get to the end. Um, you might as well finish it off. If you make it to the Monstro sequence, you're in good shape because it gets a lot more exciting and uh, and a little darker then. Mm-hmm. Um, the first couple of sequences, I, I guess the Pleasure Island sequence as well is pretty dark. Um, yeah, it's fucking but, dudes turning into donkeys, bro. Yeah, like kicking the shit out of, you know. I remember one, um, one quick cut from that sequence was... Uh, a house that said, what did it say? Shoot. Um, model home now open for destruction. Wow, nice. I thought that was pretty awesome. Pretty cool. Pretty um, cool. And there was also a surprisingly few amount of few uh, song breaks. Like, there wasn't very much music in this movie. Which you would think would help yeah. for, for dudes who don't really like musicals like myself. Yeah. But... I mean, it, well, I mean, it's not a neg- negative thing. I'd, no. I, I like that. But it, it's surprising because, like, you know, I guess we'll find out soon enough when we keep watching these movies, but I, I feel like it's got to be one of the, f- like, few Disney movies. It's got to have the f- least amount of songs. It does have there's really only few two songs. or three real but songs. It, and they tend to be pretty quick. Like, when Honest John and Gideon are picking them up, they sing a song about becoming an actor. It's real mm-hmm. quick, you know. Uh, I Got No Strings to Hold Me Down, Pinocchio sings that while he's performing in Stromboli's, uh, yeah. like, show. And, again, it's pretty quick. And it's within the, the context of... Exactly. A song and a dance and There's a reason for it. Yeah. So, um, the big song from here is When You Wish Upon a Star, and that song actually did become pretty famous. And, and uh-huh. it, even if Pinocchio someday would be, like, got shoved under the carpet and nobody cared about it anymore, that song would still be relevant because 
uh, every time you see the Disney logo, that castle with the star going over it, they mm-hmm. play that melody every time. Yeah. And so it's become totally ingrained in the Disney Disney franchise. Yeah. As far as Disney song <laughs> goes, Disney songs go, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I have no beef with it. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's sort of uh, take another little bit of a breather. Um, and then we're going to come back with sort of our final thoughts and sort of encapsulate the uh, general uh, grading f- mm-hmm. for each of us for this movie. Um, and we're going to leave you again with another like little quick uh, snippet from the film, uh, some, snob- some sound bites, and then we'll come back, finish up here on Disney Bros. A whole new world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And maybe you'll listen to your conscience. Alright, welcome back to Disney Bros. A Whole New World. Alright, so uh, about time to start ramping this up too close. Um, and we close each and every show here with, uh, our final rating, our, our basic overall view of what we thought. And, uh, we have a rating system here, uh, which we won't necessarily go over every single time. After a few episodes, you'll probably get the gist of it. But since this is only our second episode, I feel like a, a little recap was in, was in order for, uh, yeah. what our ratings are. So, uh, Mr. Teal, do you want to... Yeah, sure. Play it down, play it down. We, we did. If you listen to the first uh, episode, we gave a pretty thorough description of all of the ratings. But it's basically a four-level system, a bottom of which is bro beware. If you get a bro beware, you know, just be aware that this might not be the optimum option for you. Um, yes. Yeah. Maybe some you can, if you can help it, avoid that, that movie. Yeah. Um, next step up, you had something to add to bro beware? Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's obviously the bottom rating. It's, yeah. It's the least you can hope for from a, a Disney animated film. Yes. Avoid if possible. I mean, probably won't kill you. It might kill you. Um, <laughs> the next step up from a bro beware is a bro Oh, yeah. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's bro It's bro Yeah, You can watch it. You're going to be mm-hmm. fine. You know, you'll be amused. It's nothing to really be too jazzed about, but mm-hmm. it's acceptable. But it's bro Or it's bro if you will. <laughs> Please, get with the program. Okay. <laughs> um, get with the program. All right. Oh, I am done. <laughs> Uh, in you. <laughs> <laughs> and then if you go up from there, the next step up is, uh, dude approved. Oh, yes. Dude approved, you're in solid territory. You're going to be enjoying the movie. Yeah. Um, whomever you're watching it with is probably going to be enjoying the movie. It's a quality program. It's a solid B, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, from the scale of A Absolutely. to A to F, you know, it's a solid B. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's good. It's not great. It's good. No. Great, though. Yeah. Dude nice a- segue. Dude approved. To the max. To the max. That's the, you know, pinnacle of uh, Disney animated yes. genius. And just like Jason said on the last episode, there's probably only going to be a couple due to prove to the maxes. Probably only a couple of the bro bewares. Maybe more bro yeah. bewares than we thought. Yeah. Um, they're, ex- I mean, they're, they're the extremes. Most things mm-hmm. are going to fall into the two yep. middle categories. Yep. Absolutely. And so without further ado, let's uh, stop beating around the bush here and get into... Uh, our, our thoughts on this uh, film. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Bro for it. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would say with Pinocchio, um, overall, I would say it's bro in my opinion. It's not great. Um, it's got some problems. As far as being a bro-friendly movie, it might be the most bro-friendly movie in the Disney uh, you know, pantheon. Whole, it could be in the whole canon, yeah. Yeah, I it's, mean... It's really, like, it's all about the dudes. It, it's definitely a boys' movie, but that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the quality. Mm-hmm. And for my my money, it's a little too jumbled. There's a lot of weirdness in it. That's not good weirdness. It's just, it feels very jumbled. It feels like when you wake up from, like, a really weird dream and you can't piece it all together and you're like, wait, was was there a dude turning into a donkey in that? Or... You know what I mean? That, yeah, that's actually a dynamite comparison, yeah. I think. I think I, I, I fall into the same category. It's definitely bro-acceptable for me. Uh-huh. It is. It is so disjointed that it yeah. feels like you're a little bit confused the yeah. whole time. But in, not in a good way like a David Lynch movie yeah. where there's like true 
you know, there's something to say behind it. I mean, it's a kids animated movie. That's mm-hmm. not a good thing for a kids animated movie to be. So I don't want to. I don't want to make the audience think that at least I am so rigidly like, ah, <laughs> oh, there must be a cohesive story from beginning to end with every film. Mm-hmm. But when we're talking Disney animated movie, you know, you want to have something to glom onto. You want there to be, you know, your typical journey arc. It, it could be that someone has really dug into this movie and found some crazy, like, mm-hmm. puzzle in which if you go through all the different storylines, there's some amazing, you know, yeah. d- buried subconscious yeah. little interesting bits that are just going to blow your mind. Yeah, but I We didn't, we didn't find this. Yeah, <clears throat> It's not a terrible movie. I mean, it's not a Broadway wear, so... You know, it's it's acceptable. It's susceptible. It's susceptible. I'd give it huge points, like huge, huge points for the animation, the huge step, the leap from Snow White to Pinocchio mm-hmm. is really amazing. Um, especially watching them back to back, you notice how much more detailed it is. Mm-hmm. And the writing of this movie. The, the dialogue is way more interesting than the Snow White yeah. dialogue. There's some interesting things in it. I mean, it's not a complete, you know, snooze fest. Mm-hmm. There's some good stuff. It does drag a little bit, like I said, when... When you know the whole girls being patient thing, uh, you know, so get your get your monster, get your Red Bull, get your uh, energy drink, five hour energy on before you start this <laughs> thing, because you're gonna find some lulls in it, especially yeah. if you started at two uh, in the morning like we did. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, I mean, Jiminy Cricket has some zingers. The animation's dope. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some really neat sequences. It's only 88 minutes long. It's got that but, going for it. Yeah. It's not the sum of its parts, unfortunately. Yeah. It is a lot of cool parts and then one movie that's a little bit broken to pieces. Yeah. So Doctor can only really drop the ball <laughs> right in this thing. Hey, maybe the stories are awesome. <laughs> I bet the stories are... I think if... The that lady... was his name, right? Doctor can only... <laughs> <laughs> yep. It was uh, one prescription from Doctor Cannoli. That's more cannoli. Uh... I think if they had followed the stories a little bit more, keep it a little bit darker, mm-hmm. and and sort of have, you know, a more running current, you know, mm-hmm. a little more cohesive storyline, it probably would have been a little better. Yeah, it's a fine movie to watch. It's yeah. perceptible. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like we said, perceptible. Weirdly mm-hmm. enough, weirdly enough, despite the fact that Snow White is a lot more um, princess centric, I would probably recommend it over Pinocchio. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a fine line between what exactly what we're, we're saying about these things. Because if, if we're looking yeah. at it from strictly a bro perspective, from the idea of, hey, you're a schlubby fuck-up of a 20-year-old dude. Wow. You know, uh, living in, you know, a shithole apartment, playing Xbox every day. Are you going to like this movie? I mean, that's what... That's that's what the typical bro is sort of uh, assumed to be, right? You're not doing our kind any favors. Well, I'm just saying. I mean, if that... Oh, man. If that's your MO, by all means, this is probably going to be bro uh, yeah. due to prove to the max for you because, you know, there's no stupid girl princesses to muck it up. There's no shitty songs that are sung into a well. You know, there's nothing, like, overly goofy about it. And you're going to love that Pleasure Island sequence. You're going to yeah. get so many good ideas. Yeah, but uh, again, from a cinematic standpoint, you know, it's not the best, it's not the uh, most well-written movie in the Disney uh, thing. It's no. really jumbled, it's a little too episodic, it kind of jumps around too much, but whatever, we're being that picky game. Yeah, definitely. It's worth it's worth a watch, it's perceptible. Yeah. Um, we're just being a little critical, because that's, that's what we're paid yeah. to do, right? So, yeah, exactly. Love seeing those royalty checks rolling. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and again, uh, if you have any sort of comments or uh, responses to anything we have to say, feel free to get a hold of us uh, at wholenewworldpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, hit us up. Let us know what you think. Hit us know, let us know what you think. You can also find us, if you if you listen to us via iTunes and you uh, are looking for our internet home, it is DisneyBrosPodcast.com. Uh, there you'll find links to the blog that we uh, post some stuff on sometimes. Sometimes we'll post thoughts on the episodes after the fact, you know, little things that we thought up after we, we, we pressed the uh, stop button on the uh, recorder here. Um, yeah, you have our email address, you can get a hold of us there. You can also download us on iTunes, if you happen to listen to this on the website, uh, the old switcheroo. So, uh, <laughs> do that, look us up there in the directory, leave us a comment if you want, if you like the show and you want to, uh, you know, give us some feedback, that would be appreciated. If you don't like the show, you keep it to yourself. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> as my mom said, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Do you want to go ahead and, uh, roll into a song to close the sucker out? Yeah. Um, so, um, we, each and every week here, we're going to sort of pick, uh, a song to close out the shows that sort of have something to say 
about the uh, movies, you know, at least our interpretation of them, but not, you know, just a song from the movie or not, you know, another sort of Disney song, just a pop song, a cool, interesting song that, you know, you would actually dig as an adult person. And, something uh, from the real world. Something from the real world, yes. That, uh, you know, adds a little bit of an, a unique bent to the movie, either lyrically or just feel-wise. Sure. This time around, um, I'm going to go with uh, a song by Bill Callahan called Sycamore. It's uh, from his record called Woke on a Whale Heart, which is really good, by the way. Whale Heart? Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. Uh, but the song is sort of about... Um, it's it's this guy sort of talking to this this kid um, about growing up like a sycamore and you know being strong and uh, all these things and that's sort of at heart what Pinocchio is about. It's about this boy growing up and you know taking responsibility for his mistakes and you know and he's made out of wood so you got that whole sort of sycamore <laughs> tree uh, analogy. So I just and it's a great song. So on yeah. top of that, even if you think that the connection to Pinocchio is full of shit. It's a good song to, to fade us out with here. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. It's um, I had never heard it before, and it actually, yeah, it is sort of reflective of Pinocchio's journey from being pretty selfish and going and trying to do whatever it is he wants to do mm-hmm. to coming around and finally, you know, saving the day, rescuing his yeah. father and, and uh, Cleo and Gideon and making yeah. sure everybody's taken care of. Yeah, I mean, it's a little more abstract than, like, literally being word for right. word about Pinocchio, so keep that in mind when you listen to it. But, you know, it'll, it'll get the job done this time <clears> around. Uh, thanks again for listening. Um, I hope you come back next week and listen to us. Uh, our next week's film is yet to be determined. If uh, we go chronologically, it'll be Fantasia. Uh, so you might want to watch that and prep the show because I have a feeling I'm not going to get my way on this. <laughs> so <laughs> we, we will probably watch Fantasia. Fantasia's a dope movie. Anyway. Uh, all right. We reserve the right for the rest of the show's length. If we want to switch it up at some point, we get tired of doing everything in order, we'll switch it up. Yeah, but for and now, if you think we should, please let us know. Yeah, let us know your f- your feelings if you have strong feelings one way or the other. I doubt you do, but... <laughs> you should. You never know. <laughs> uh, yeah, so thanks again uh, to Episode 2, Disney Bros, A Whole New World. We will see you in the funny papers. <laughs> <laughs> we sure will. Bye-bye.
just be a part of the fire All you want to do is be the fire part of fire Like sycamore Sand in the trees if you tap